You are listening to Engaging and Exciting Conversation on the Radiant Culture Podcast. Podcast. Get ready. Now. Welcome, everybody. You're listening to the Radiant Culture Podcast. My name is Timek. And I'm Cookie Monster. And we are here today with a very interesting topic, with a very interesting guest. How many times has Tim from Zen been here? Just the once. Second time, unfortunately, for you guys. Unfortunately, oh, for us guys. <laughs> what up, Tim from Zim? What's happening, guys? So good to be here. So you hey. couldn't have done that, buddy, if we're having you back again the second time. Or what happened is the person you really wanted to <laughs> talk about couldn't make it, so oh, I was man. the sucker you pulled you in the were last top minute. Of the list. Top of the list. Right. Okay. I'm telling you. I'll take your word for it then. Ooh, ouch. We'll, have, we'll just have to cancel <laughs> <Yeah>. his words. <laughs> Backspace delete. Okay, so today we are talking about cancel culture, which, I don't know, can you give us a definition? What is that? I don't even know if there's a definition. Tim from Zim. Uh, I, there's a lot of definitions, but from what the resoundingly... Uh, Influential and really good resource called Wikipedia says. <laughs> there we go. Um, Don't we all go there? Yeah, we all go there to start with. Cancel culture or call out culture, as it's known, is a phrase contemporary to the late 2010s and 2020s, used to a form of ostracization. Is that what? How do you say it? Yeah. I don't think so. Yeah. Uh, in which someone is thrust out of social or professional circles whether it be online, social media, or in person. And everybody knows the saying, you've been cancelled. That mm. basically is shorthand for that. Yeah. So, yeah, in, in, a, in a sense that, yeah, you're cancelled so, for something you say. So it's basically when you're ostracised for whatever reason, for not holding to a certain set of values or views, for not belonging to a Usually particular Usually it's just for a tweet. <laughs> Yeah, I feel like that's as little as it takes for you to get cancelled. Oh yeah, and not even like no, like not even stuff that's happened in the last year or two. I've heard of celebrities, and and this is kind of where it generated from is like cancelling celebrities that people troll back ten years into your tweets to right, find exactly. something you said in context to that time that may have been funny or may have been like a little bit edgy, and they bring it into the nowadays context where it's totally unacceptable to have that perspective or point of view so no contextual uh, background whatsoever it's all about what how right now what you're saying how whatever you said then can be inserted into whatever is going on now which which really makes no sense right Mm. because context is part of what makes knowledge relevant um so in other words cancel culture ignores truth capital t oh for sure right 100 percent. because if i'm canceling you then i'm not interested in what truth is or in what the objective truth might be it's about that's the problem that no one likes capital t truth anyway everyone has their own small t truth so (laughs) this is gonna be a hot (laughs) one this is gonna be a hot one they cancel you based on their own small t truth if we were using big t truth then this wouldn't even be an issue Okay, so maybe let's backtrack a bit, right? How did this whole phenomenon called cancel culture begin? Or maybe not how it began, but how has it become so prevalent in our society 
today. R. Kelly. I'm joking. <laughs> <laughs> Although wow. he Dude, really needs to be The way you said that with a straight face. I know. Me, I cancelled that guy. I don't know why you guys still listen to R. Kelly after watching Surviving who R. Said, Kelly. Who said we still listen to him? Oh, uh, well, so if happy people came on right now, you wouldn't be like two-stepping? Um, <laughs> hey, listen. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'll be the first to admit that I don't have an R. Kelly playlist, uh-huh. but I really used to love R. Kelly. Like, mm-hmm. yo, I loved that guy yeah. in my younger days. <laughs> uh, right now, mm. I'm having a bit of a crisis because. Yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. But then mm. I've reconciled. Ah, uh, what? The, uh? What is there to reconcile? Actually, sorry, continue your thoughts. Anyway, it doesn't matter. It started with R. Kelly. R- Kelly okay, no, then... no, no. It didn't start with R. Kelly. Uh, well, mute R. Kelly was a yeah, form I might, of canceling him. I might get him. slapped here, guys. <laughs> yeah, we're sitting really close to each other today. <laughs> um, no, I don't know what it started with or when. I think it's just the label that's new, but it's the, always the been label, there. I would say, is the thing that's it caught the that the, the, or captured the imagination of today's contemporary society. But before the Twitter sphere and before social media, mm. cancel culture wasn't really a thing as such or didn't have as much power as it did. Mm. But we could say historically it has its roots in movements like the social movements in the 60s, sexual revolution and stuff like that, where uh, traditional forms of identity, ideology were being challenged by what people would term progressive thinking, right? Uh, sexual identity, as well as different types. So, of in ideology. essence, it's a so we can say it's a feature of the social justice movement. Yes, really. So, as as a as a blanket term. Yes. So, if you go onto Twitter right now, the two other terms that come very close to cancel culture are the Me Too movement, yeah. and Black Lives Matter movement. Like Black when, Lives Matter. Yeah, and I know that you've discussed that on this podcast so we won't open that can of worms have we? as well no, we haven't actually we haven't no okay well there's a not another one but also the me too movement like that that whole thing of where me too movement was birthed out i think of, we just need a whole episode on that yeah the, the me have, too thing have, was, was really all kinds quite of a, thoughts and feelings about that but anyway it's okay yeah so so anyway but but additionally like what cancel culture deems to do is to make one's life literally a living hell you Mm. are held to account which is actually a good thing the good side of it that is a good thing you should be held to account to the words you say that's a biblical thing but not to the point where the engineering behind cancel culture is to pull down destroy Mm. uh disenfranchise investors from you as a person so it basically aims to destroy your voice vilify you basically vilify you destroy your ability to make any income Mm. whatsoever de-platform you de-platform you and make sure that like that you don't want to listen to this guy and it's birthed interestingly out of the ideology that you should agree with what is going on in the culture of, of that given day. time yeah. there we go so i think you've hit the nail on the head there which is that <coughs> you're typically cancelled for either challenging or not holding the views that popular culture is is holding right so of course there's certain views especially right now that have become quite uh, elevated important 
explosive. Yeah, yeah. So th- <laughs> things like sexuality, for yeah. example, right? It's a big, it's a big conversation issue right now. I mean, beyond being a conversation issue right now, it's basically become the norm in society, or it's they're trying to make it the norm that you got to let people be whatever they want to be, etc., etc. Or if you things like abortion, that's a big one as well. But I know, I know a lot of people who've been cancelled has been due to their views on um, things to do with sexuality and stuff like that. Or race issues, because those are really the, the, the heated issues at yeah. the moment. The problem with this is that when we take a step back and look at um, tolerance, the whole tolerance movement, because I think this is all sort of packaged together. Tolerance says that you have to tolerate other people other people's views yeah. on whatever, right? But even the whole tolerance movement can itself or has itself become very intolerant because... That's the thing. Because <laughs> you should only be tolerant to certain views. The moment you're not tolerant to those views, you're regarded as, as being you know, intolerant. I think the problem is people don't understand what to tolerate is. I can tolerate someone who I don't like, don't agree with, all of that stuff, but that whole thing of they take tolerating as agreeing with and if you voice that you don't agree with someone's lifestyle or what they do then suddenly you're intolerant but it's like no i never said stop what you're doing i can i can tolerate whatever you're doing over there but i just don't agree with it and then it defeats the whole purpose of tolerance that's the thing like they need to find a different word because what they're marketing right now is not they're not gonna find a different word because they they don't so okay anyway want to bring this home to our sphere of influence i guess which is as christians can christians buy into the cancel culture can christians cancel people can christians jump onto this bandwagon and still be christians well i guess it depends to what extent right so cancel culture in of itself at its at at a at a very surface level is challenging authority and challenging people that have a powerful voice in the public square with what they've said being morally right or wrong okay that normally is something that at a surface level when you look at cancelling somebody it's something they've said that is contrary to what people accept so you're challenging that perspective the bible is very indicative that christians should stand up and be counted and speak truth to power right right at, at that level okay um but there are some caveats to that as they always are in these things so james 3 verse 5 and this is talking uh about the tongue and that people should be held to a high standard for their words so also the tongue is a small yet member, yet it boasts of great things. I mean, I, I, I'm guilty of this. How easy is it on social media platforms to just say the most random things? My, what do you call keyboard warriors? Those keyboard just warriors. say whatever. They right? come up with the most insane things. And, and here's the thing, and this is something I love as an analogy for social media. Social media is like driving your fancy 200 series Land Cruiser, you feel invincible. You can say anything in that space. (laughs) But if I called you out on foot, if I met you on foot, you wouldn't be that aggressive driver that's got bad language and bad road manners. But the point is, social media is a vehicle for us to do that because we feel invincible, hidden 
behind the words we say in right. the virtual space. Yeah. But now, here comes the next part. Matthew, it talks about you will be held account for every single idle word right. you say. Mm. So guys, I'm in this. I fall in this category. It's very easy to say the most random stuff <laughs> on social media and think you can get away with it. Mm. Uh-uh. The Bible says otherwise. Mm. Even if you didn't say that, by extension of proxy, social media is that for you. I don't know. Like, could have you ever said anything stupid on social media where you're like... Like, you know, those things where Facebook reminds you of status updates from like <laughs> 10 years ago. I and hate, you're like, I oh my those. goodness. What was... First Happens. for me, it's my spelling. Oh my I'm like, <laughs> why was I leaving out vowels? What was I doing? <laughs> yeah, man. Like, I get, I get those triggers all the time. It's like, uh... You said uh, 2010. What the heck was I saying? I, I, used to, I used to say some random stuff, right? But I think we and we spoke about this when we did the episode on social media, and Tim Tim was actually here. Um, that social media can just become this thing that we hide behind and we feel invincible, like you rightly said. Um, and a lot of the cancelling, of course, is happening on on social media. When we bring this. Back to, um, to to Christians, I was listening to something earlier. It's a it's a, it's a podcast, uh, and this guy was talking about how the problem with he's not really talking about cancel culture per se, but he's just talking about the way culture has become structured, where people don't debate ideas anymore, right? But people now uh, place each other in categories where you are evil. And you are good mm. based on the view that you hold. So it's, yeah. it, it literally becomes an attack on the actual person. And I think this is, <clears throat> excuse me, this is part of the challenge with, with cancel culture where instead of uh, debating or not agreeing on um, ideas that we hold, because ideas are not equal, right? Yeah. Ideas are not equal, but people are equal, mm-hmm. right? So we can hold different ideas but still respect each other which is tolerating right yeah. but the problem with the problem is that with the modern day uh, way of thinking is that if tim holds to a certain view that i don't like tim is evil yeah right or if i hold a view that tim doesn't like is like this one is messed up we need to cancel him and i think this is where the problem is that we we start to vilify people we create caricatures of them we place them in um, in, in these boxes and then the person becomes an evil entity because of the view that they hold. We ignore all the good they've done. We ignore um, all the different views that they held in the past that were benefit. We, we forget all of that. They're holding this view at this particular time. They're bad. We must get rid of them, ostracize them. Yeah. And I think the danger is with social media, it's so easy when you're in the <clears throat> emotion of the moment when you're all fired up to just literally write something and blast it out over the airwaves to show your solidarity as a keyboard warrior <laughs> but james 1 19, 20 says this know this my beloved brothers let every person be quick to hear slow to speak slow to anger and they the sub text of that now would be and slow to hit send yeah because here's the thing we don't think of the consequences of voicing not just our opinion uh but our perspective and here's the thing that christians really need to get a hold of there has to be a way we can discern and differentiate between opinion 
offense and false doctrine. Mm-hmm. See, the problem is that when we think of cancelling somebody, we don't necessarily go through the steps of saying, is what they're saying objective? Does it hold an air of truth? We take it at an emotional value first and foremost, and we get offended at that. So then what ends up happening is you're responding more to an offense than to actually something that may be wicked or evil, which leads back to what you said earlier, Kuda, is that we see the person as evil. We've actually stopped dissecting what they've said. We just characterize them, you know, in the context of that. And that's really dangerous. Very. Very, very dangerous. Because I know for me personally... Here's the thing. My opinion is Coke is the best. But Kuda, on the other hand, may think Pepsi is way better than Coke. Now, I would have arguments with him. Coke as in the, the drink, drink. Not as in, like, Coke what you <laughs> okay. snort, brother. It's okay. Those <laughs> days for you are long in the past. Anyway. Hey, listen, just checking, man. <laughs> <laughs> but what we're talking about there, the simple example is personal preference. Yeah. I may prefer Coke, but you may hate me because I think Coke is the best and Pepsi isn't. Okay. Right. You see the danger there. Yeah. We aren't actually engaging our brains yeah. when we get to that stage. And and it's really I guess it's really sad because then it shows the lack in society to even engage with the truth at a very like basic rudimentary level. Mm. I don't know. Like And on that, I think <laughs> That is why a lot of, let me just say us Christians, Mm. have now become so reluctant to share certain views online. Because Mm. if you guys can fight over Pepsi and Coke, I mean, (laughs) hey. (laughs) And then I post a Bible verse or say something that I know is biblically correct. All life is precious in the eyes of the Lord. Anything. (laughs) And then biblically correct, doctrinally sound, everything. Mm. But yo, if it doesn't, align with what culture and people the popular people believe suddenly i'm like public enemy number one precisely and Mm. i think a lot of people have now shied away from not from using social media because people still use it but they don't necessarily use it to view to to voice opinions that really matter yeah um and i can't even call them opinion just truth like what we're saying yeah and i think part part of it also has to do with um this whole bullying culture that is there right which is if and I've seen this actually, I've been in. I, I get in. <laughs> I I get into in these. Trouble. This is. I get into these tiffs with people, man. Like I, why? Because if someone says nonsense, I, I can't help but just like I have to hold myself a lot. Then there are moments where I'm just like, you know what? This is a lot of be- a lot of. Cancel that. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I was gonna say BS. BS. But anyway, this is a lot of nonsense. <laughs> like this is a lot of nonsense, right? Why the heck would somebody who is educated and who went to school and who has a head on their shoulders say something this stupid? Like seriously, like I've had those moments. But the thing is this. So let's say, um, and I have to be very careful as I say this because I know this is quite a sensitive one, but I'm going to say it anyway. The whole thing about um, abuse and victims and, and things like that. I know there's been a lot of it that's happened. We spoke about R. Kelly and, and all of that. But it's like the moment anybody says anything that is in any way is insinuating that they're questioning the victims or the supposed victims view on a particular thing it's like you 
you're immediately vilified. It's like, no, you're not listening. No, uh, their feelings are legit. I'm like, no, I get it that their feelings are legitimate. But it doesn't mean that because somebody feels a certain way, that feeling is necessarily correct. Yes, we legitimize their feeling. But we must also create space where we can, we can question certain things, where we can have dialogue. But it's like, no, if you don't take the side of said victim, there's something wrong with you. Yeah. And I think these are some of the things that I'm like, it's, it's problematic because what, what it then does is that public opinion equals reality. Yes, right yeah. that 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 becomes what reality is about and then now you, you you've got these people who are all about you know they, they become the police we're like no you're not even listening that's the problem with you men you don't <laughs> listen you know what i'm saying it's like you don't listen oh, what, what? and i'm like no guys that's not that's mm-hmm. not the point the point is i'm just trying to bring a counter perspective i'm just trying to get us to have a conversation about this it doesn't mean that i don't care about the victim it doesn't mean that I'm some chauvinistic, uh, what do you call that word? Misogynist. Mis- no, that's the other one. Oh. Um, yeah, whatever. That's pa- patriarchal, what, what, what. <laughs> all these terms we're throwing around yeah. these days. I'm just saying there should be space for us to engage in an amicable way, even if it's a contentious issue. Mm-hmm. But, but you're assuming that all speech in that respect is equal which is something that cancer culture at its core does not. Because as you said, governed by the opinion of the masses, of the time and culture that they are in, Mm. cancel culture at its core aims and does erode, to my opinion, and I am putting it as an opinion because I know there will be others that don't agree with this, freedom of speech. Because the, the whole thing... and. So let's look at it from an American perspective, right? 1776 was the year of their independence. And history. I'm impressed. Yeah. Well, I tried to remember dates that kind of are a little bit important with that respect. Do but you remember my birthday? No, not in the slightest. Can't remember your birthday, Bruce. So okay. All I know is that you're a little bit Madala, but there's no gray hair because I know... He doesn't he, have any. He doesn't have any, yeah. Um, but... America yeah, prides itself on its... Ah, my guy, how can okay, I carry on, carry continue on. from that? <laughs> America prides itself on its freedom. It's like one of those things that everyone knows as an American, you have an inherent right to freedom of speech. You are protected by the Constitution, and I don't know which amendment, but you are protected freedom of speech. Council culture erodes that at the fact that if you don't agree with the masses of the given time, your speech is invalid. So you're right. invalidating that person's opinion, perspective, and ideology. Yeah. yeah. Which is insane if you think about it. This is coming out of the one country in the world where their constitution was built with that in mind to protect the minorities, to protect yeah. the groups of people that were in the United States at that time. Now, I'm saying this as a white guy in his 30s from a middle class, which most people in the council culture thing would say, your speech is invalid for even stating that because of the fact you are not in a position that culture at this given time in our history validates you are right down the bottom of the social ranking as far as you with your your white privilege yeah Yeah, exactly so here's the thing 
freedom of speech would turn around and say, no, that's his opinion. He has the right to express that and right. say that. So there's a, there is a growing fear in conservative parts of the United States at this point that cancel culture is going to continually erode freedom of speech on a great level. And there are a lot of people like Jordan Peterson and Ben Shapiro um, and companies like The Daily Wire that are talking about this very openly, that the right to have the freedom of speech is so important that even the people that have the cancel culture mindset, they have the right to, stay, to still say that. Yeah. yeah. But if you embrace cancel culture, you have the propensity of taking that away. I yeah. don't know, like... That that's a bit terrifying if you think of it at its core. But as a Christian, here's the thing: we are always going to be those who are going to be speaking out against the culture of exactly. any given Exactly, I was time. literally thinking Jesus would so be cancelled right now. Like, yeah. yo, Gone. the things he used to say. Gone. Ah, he would have been not lasting. Uh, okay, so, so you think, long at all. So you, you think of the story <laughs> just on that whole Jesus thing. You think of the story where the woman comes to beg for healing for her daughter mm. and jesus is like no you no no i class. came for the children of israel i did not come for the, for the, the gentiles dog, the dogs yes the dogs but you do not give the children's bread to the dogs yeah like he would have been cancelled like, like absolutely sure. out he would have been deplatformed yeah. he would have been like there would have been so much social no uproar at the state of the context or the Nothing. true meaning yeah. or the culture or of what it meant in that in time, time yeah. yeah so yeah so, so my, my question guys is is then um this that how does one um who's a christian navigate this whole cancel culture world that we're living in um how do you engage with it because it's all around us we've been talking earlier about you know different things that are happening even in the media right now how does somebody who's a christian engage with it because <clears throat> i think you know part of what we always try to encourage people to do on this show is that we want people to become thinkers we want people to um to be tuned in to what's going on to the trends that are there and to not become victims of some of these things so we've got to, we've got to be alert we've got to be aware the bible does say we should be so how does somebody navigate that somebody who's a christian um and then also how do we make sure that we're not part of the problem good question, Big question i know yeah but you know i want to hear what part you of the think. problem how as in canceling other people yeah like other christians you say things that are just crazy yeah. <laughs> wow. No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I but I, I like what you said at the very, very beginning when you gave the definition. You said a synonym for cancel is to call out, which I have mm. no problem with calling out mm. because you're supposed to call out based on capital T truth, right? Right. Because there's a measure that it's being mm. measured against. Whereas canceling. I don't know if that blends well with the what we're taught to do, which is to love even our enemies. Yeah. Hmm. I, th I think, like, one of the first things that is very... That the culture of any time would have an issue with is forgive thy enemy, right? So here's the thing. The Bible is very, very clear about forgiveness. It's not an option <coughs> yeah. for us as Christians. Yeah. So here's the thing. Let's take it to a personal level. You are going to be offended by what people say on social media. Full stop. You're going to have... There's going to be the opportunity for offense to creep in. Bible is very clear to forgive those who have offended you. Mm -hmm. um, 
that's not a that is totally anti cancel culture if you think about it cancel culture is the opposite it's retribution and it's we, when vengeance. we want it we want it now yeah, yeah, vengeance. Exactly. you must not make money ever again <laughs> what you said and and so for me as a, as a christian i feel like first of all cancel culture is uh something that weakens our witness because it shows that we do not have the intellectual maturity and strength to have people challenge what we as Christians believe and think. It shows a lack of maturity. When somebody doesn't, like as a child, how many times as a child, when somebody didn't agree with what you liked, you, you just got angry with them. And mm, totally, you're not my friend anymore. Yeah, and, 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 and I would say the Christian... <laughs> And and the Christian version of that is um, I rebuke that in Jesus name (laughs) And you're just like Hang on wait Just because you don't agree with what I say You do what in Jesus name I rebuke you (laughs) (laughs) Yeah exactly And I know that I'm I'm kind of teasing The charismatic side Because I go to a charismatic church I know I'm teasing that, but the truth of it is Christians can be very close-minded yeah. when it comes to things like problems and difficult questions that people bring from a position of hurt, and we treat it with contempt. That's something that mm. Christ at his heart never did with yeah. anybody. He didn't treat them with contempt. He, he treated them with compassion. So the first thing, other than forgive, is guys, look at what the person is saying look behind it look yeah. at the motive what what is it that they're trying to say is it from a place of hurt um pain so you know look at it from, through that lens rather than just be like ah yeah. this person is ignorant do yeah. they not know what they're talking and about even the if it's coming, you know even if it's coming from a place of malice mm. i think the the command is still the same mm. right we should be wise we shouldn't obviously you know we should analyze or whatever but love has to be the the preeminent thing i want to read a scripture which I think, you know, just reading it now in light of our discussion is very interesting. It's Matthew 5, verse 43 to 48. It says, you've heard, you've heard that it was said, this is Jesus, love your neighbor and hate your enemy. But I tell you, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you. Mm. Right? So already, cancel culture says, hate those who hate you. If somebody makes you feel some type of way, hate them. And get right? everyone else to hate them too. Get everyone else to hate to hate them. Get even with them, whatever. Then he says, that you may be children of your father in heaven. He causes his son to rise on the evil and the good. Mm. He sends rain. He sends rain on the righteous and the unrighteous. If you love those who love you, what reward yeah. will you get? Right, I'm not even the tax collectors doing that, and then and then he carries on. Then he says, "Be perfect, therefore, as your heavenly Father is perfect." And I just think this is such a an amazing um, reminder because Jesus is literally saying, "Anyone, everybody who's worthy of canceling, show them love." And and so I think if we just have this as an anchor verse or as an anchor approach, it changes a lot of. Um, what we're seeing happening in the world because we're supposed to be the children of the light and we can't be acting like the world does. 
And the FYI, as Christians going forward into the future, they are going to be darker days ahead for us. The Bible is very clear on that. That <laughs> Jesus said to his disciples, people will kill you thinking they have done a favor for God. Yeah. That they've done something good for God. Guys, there are going to be moments that when you speak the truth with a capital T, mm. the inconvenient, objective offensive and that's the thing the truth is offensive especially to today's opinions right i think that as a christian there are going to be moments where people invalidate and cancel what you have to say because of the perspective and the truth that you adhere to but that's here's scary it is scary and but here's the thing if you look at the book of daniel and you look at daniel hananiah mishael and azariah they did not fold to what the standard was and yeah you can use the story of them not eating the meat or drinking the wine or of not bowing down to the idol um, that nebuchadnezzar had built but they were countercultural. i at their core they were right. not going to bend the knee yeah um and I think for a lot of Christians, when they think of cancel culture, they think of the social justice movement and being able to stand up for those who don't have a voice and uh, need to have the truth spoken out. Those are godly and good things, but they should not be done at the cost of people's livelihoods or at the cost of alienating. You know, yeah. Cameron McAllister did a whole series and could and I listen to Cameron McAllister a lot. Um, called uh what is it the social um the two-edged sort of vilification no 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 no. it's the six-part one that talks about a communal sin right yeah and in one of those things he said we as christians are meant to be bridge builders we are meant to be around people that do not agree with us ideologically at a very fundamental stage cancel culture alienates us as christians from reaching those people groups that is so good and i just think uh, could you and i we've we've we, we've got friends that are really quite across the board ideologically and i personally find it fascinating when i sit across from somebody who does not share my opinion or worldview and yeah. listen to the way they think and they you know look at the lens they look at culture through because you can learn a lot from people like that yeah you don't have to agree with them but you can learn a lot from you them. Can listen. And I know. think it's, it's such a big one. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to read something quickly um, from Cameron McAllister as well. It's something that I just, I really, it's helped me a lot. Mm. And he says, he's talking about vilification, but which I think ties in well with what we're talking about. And he says, vilification, what vilification breaks? He says it breaks our sense of truth. I think we spoke about that already, that we have to abandon truth, objective truth, in order to follow um, certain courses of action. So if you're going to cancel somebody, you you have to in some way ignore what whatever truth is supposed to be and follow what public opinion is saying or what your feelings are saying. The second one, it says it destroys or it breaks our sense of neighbor. Mm. And I just think that is so profound because as Christians, Jesus in the popular parable of the Samaritan, yeah. it's about your enemy being your neighbor and we should treat everyone like our neighbor, right? That, that's what it means to be a Christian. Whether it's somebody that we love, somebody who um, 
hates us, somebody that we can't stand, we, we ought to view them as our neighbor because that's the standard, but it destroys that. Then it destroys our sense of God, right? Because in order to cancel someone, you have to, in some way, um, ignore or bypass the fact that they're created in God's image. You almost have to just view them as this other thing that has to be eliminated. And so if, if you really view somebody as, as a human being who was created in God's image, who ought to be loved, who ought to be valued, I think the whole cancel, the whole canceling thing would, would totally change if we had that as a baseline understanding. So I, I think this is quite profound. Okay, so guys, what are you saying? So when someone, because Tim, what did you say? You said either something can be someone's opinion, um, something can be undoctrinal. What was it the thing? Oh, uh, false doctrine, oh, opinion, offense. or offense. Yeah, offense so, is a good one. Well, yeah. yeah, we get offended every day, all day. But with <laughs> the one, something being wrong doctrine, what yeah. is the course of action there? Like. Are we just supposed to Ooh, just watch them teach wrong things or like, what do you guys say? The New Testament's actually quite clear on the way that one should approach that. I think the problem comes when you read the context of first century Judeo-Christian development of the church that was happening in a Roman society or a Corinthian society or an Ephesian society. And you don't read it through that lens. You read it through a postmodern Western century. 21st century lens. Yeah. That's when we read stuff into the scriptures that were not there to start with. So the Bible is clear about challenging and calling those out that yeah. have done false doctrine. It is actually clear on that. But I do believe there is a space that is respectful to the position, not necessarily the person, mm -hmm. the position of what they hold, whether it be pastor, elder, leader, Apostle, yeah. evangelist, all of that sort of thing. And there should be a platform that is done respectfully. The difficulty comes, and this, and obviously we're talking at a very objective academic level right here. Yeah, yeah. When we get to real life, mm -hmm. it is messy. <laughs> Emotions are on the line. People's yeah. livelihoods are on the line. Yeah. So, you know, the gloves come off and it's bare knuckle, but, and it's and in the Christian circle, I'm sorry, we, we the, ch the, the world may look at us and actually be like, how can you call yourselves Christians when this is the way you do dispute? And actually, Paul addresses it. He said, you guys don't even try to address it brother to brother. Right. You try and go get lawyers yeah. mm -hmm. from, the world from the world to address this problem. Yeah. And it's, it's problematic <laughs> because... No, it's crazy, um, but I think just on this subject of uh, false teachers, because I think it's a, it's a big one, right? Mm. Um, I don't think that we're being authentic and genuine if we allow somebody who's a teacher, who's a leader in a Christian uh, church movement, whatever, to continuously preach false doctrine, because false teaching is going to lead to false living, right? Mm. And so if we know that what this person is teaching is going to lead people astray... I think there's need for that to be addressed. There's got to be... Um, first, I think we, we have to recognize that there's something wrong with what's being taught, mm. right? I don't know if going out on social media and blasting someone is the best way to do it. I don't know if it's going to bear the results that we want yeah. to get. Maybe 
it means approaching another Christian leader and saying, hey, listen, uh, can you talk to this person? Or finding some way within the structures to handle it. Th mm. There's got to be, I think, a progression. There's got to be progressive steps that we take such that if all these other things have failed, yeah. then we take whatever extreme... Um, Measure. measures that have to be taken because th there is that but then there's even also the whole issue of brother to brother right if, mm. if we're not getting along if we don't agree on a particular thing i don't agree with all christians on all things mm. right but how how do we talk about it how do we address it because also it doesn't mean that loving loving each other doesn't mean that we have to just agree on everything no no love yeah, doesn't ask, look ask like any that. husband and wife anyway oh there, there we well, go well sorry but the two of us are single so we, we don't have any personal love experience does not on mean that you agree Listen, bro, on yeah, how do you know i'm still single like just don't don't be like making assumptions man you know? okay i'm sorry in the two months since we last had a podcast you may have got hitched and had three kids but we don't know because cookie happen, monster yeah. i'm sure they do <laughs> but not to kuda um <laughs> <laughs> You're useless. You're not coming back. From Hashtag Tim from Zim. Miracles don't happen to Kuda. Cancel Tim from Zim. <laughs> All right. Anyway, so I, yeah. yeah, and and I hope that helps. And of course, you know, to our listeners, the, we're not in any way saying what we're saying is a, is exhaustive on no, the subject because it's not. a massive, massive, it's massive a, sub, sub, subject. But we are saying we need to think about this as Christians. If we don't take the time to think mm -hmm. about this through b biblical lens, then we're subject. We then just become subject to whatever the culture is pushing and whatever the culture is driving at. So we have to think about it actively in our churches. We have to really think about this, both um, from the viewpoint of what's happening out there in society and within our boundaries as Christians as well. So yeah. yeah. It, it takes maturity as well, especially just doubling back on the doctrine thing. And I think, you know, discrepancies in doctrine, it is a thorny subject to actually really dive into. Um, but it takes, I think, a huge amount of humility. And this is something I just want to bring back to the cancel culture, which the cr Christianity has a real difference to. Mm -hmm. So Christianity says, okay, if somebody's been teaching false doctrine, they need to come down from leadership and authority. Mm -hmm. They need to be corrected. Yeah. And there needs to be a form of discipleship that's brought in. Yeah. And that and that is scriptural and that is really important. <coughs> but they need to be forgiven. And when they have repented and you can see the fruits of their repentance, repentance. they need to be restored. Right. And and I think the problem with cancel culture, and I, I guess maybe closing with this cancel culture there is no reconciliation there is no repairing once yeah. that person is canceled they are done as far as <clears throat> society is that you know they are there's no way they can work their way back into the graces of society but yeah. actually the bible is very clear you know we have all sinned we've all gone astray we have all done things that god is not chuffed pleased yeah, about for sure okay so with regards to leadership it takes a huge amount of humility for that person to step down mm -hmm. and admit they've stuffed up mm. and made a mistake. But when they have been corrected, when they have repented, guys, we need to extend grace to them. Yeah. Because that's exactly what Christ did for us whilst we were yet sinners. He, sin. he had every right to cancel us, yeah. man. Yeah. We, yeah. In, in a contemporary sense, you're absolutely yeah. right. 
whilst we were still sinners, he died for us, even on a cross. And I just think to myself, you know, the grace that needs to be shown, especially in the body of Christ, with leadership that make mistakes, is huge. But it doesn't mean, and this is the caveat, it does not mean we don't speak out when they have crossed the line. Yeah. 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 So. I like that. That's good, man. Okay, so in closing, I need you guys to give the Christians out there some advice for those who are petrified of speaking truth to power, as Tim petrified. said. Wow. This is why I think. Yeah, everyone's coming for you today. Oh, no, today, the fire's coming for you, Kona. Anyway, anyway. For those people who are petrified of speaking truth to power, especially, especially on the interwebs, what advice can you give them? I'll let the white dude go first. Ah, no. No, no, not a chance. The white dude got last on this because he doesn't want to get blasted. It's my podcast, bro. <laughs> are, are you literally going to let me, leave me hanging? Okay, he's leaving me hanging, ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> just, just for the record. Um, advice, I think there is a time and place for everything. And I think you must be led by, if you genuinely believe God speaks to you and you've got a relationship with him, be led by the Holy Spirit. When the opportunity, it's not if, guys, when the opportunity comes. You know, there's that passage of scripture that is spoken by Jesus to his disciples you will go before governors and emperors and kings and and it was in regards to testament of Jesus right yeah. i will give you the words in that moment what to speak sometimes we we rush really quickly on our keyboards to just blast our opinion and just get it out there and be like yo this is what i think and mm. you are all wrong and you can all you know whatever fill in the expletives afterwards but actually in that moment if it's something that is close to your heart and you feel the holy spirit is directing you on to speak about do it with grace and compassion and but kindness. do not compromise stand mm. on the biblical standing here's the thing guys from a biblical perspective we do not stand in a vacuum you yeah. don't stand on an imaginary something we stand on the word of god that is our standard mm. and yeah. by it we stand or fall that's that's the scary terrifying truth literally today's verse on you version was the word of god will never fail mm. so that's literally what you're saying i like that yeah the word of god will never fail yeah and i think just to add on to that because tim has really yeah he's just really hit at home there uh if, an interesting story for me is the David David Bathsheba mm. story, uh, but the aftermath of that, which was Nathan coming to David mm. to basically tell him that the judgment was coming. But the way he approaches it mm. is that he tells that story about the farmer who had a goat and you're kind of wondering, where is it going? But then he builds his case. And it gets to a point where David sees that he's the man who's being spoken about in the story. Nathan could have just come and said, dude, you messed up. God is going to smite you. But he could have been killed because David was a king and, and he could have done that. So moral of the story is that there's a way that we can approach leadership. Mm. Sometimes you, you, you have to be smart about how you approach these issues. If you just go to a pastor and just tell them, dude, you're messed up. And God is going to smite you. You're teaching <laughs> heresy or whatever. 
any human being, right, is going to, the, the first thing they're going to do is they're going to get into either defense mode, they're going to be ticked off, they're not, they're going to listen to whatever you want to say because it's a personal attack. So there's got to be tact to how we, we approach these things. So I think that's number one. And then the other thing is that um, Tim already touched on it. We have to pray. We have to be led by by the Spirit. And I think what really drives that is that it's got to be driven by a heart of love mm-hmm. to say, I actually really love this person and I want them to get on the right track. And I also love the people who are under them. So that's my, my motivation. Yeah. And then I think also practically, if you can't approach the leader directly, then go to, if it's a church, find the channels that are there. Are there other mm-hmm. people within the leadership structure that can be spoken to? Because remember, you are bringing it up um, and some of these things, it it's really on the leaders themselves that if they then refuse to listen or if they, they then refuse to pass it forward or to, to, to uh, what do you call it, get the message across to whoever is supposed to receive it, that's not on you. Mm-hmm. So, so I just think also, you know, be aware that maybe some people won't take it, right? Um, and then after a couple of attempts, I think if there's no um, progress, then maybe you find other ways of doing it to, to get their attention. But I'm just saying you've got to be tactical in the way that you go about it because... And don't disengage. I think that the problem as Christians, when we when we feel like we've been heard or we've, we've voiced our complaint and nothing changes, we quit. We, we simply withdraw from the issue. We're, we're gone. And yeah. I, I put this to my married sister here. How has that ever worked in a marriage when... Somebody sleeps on the couch. <laughs> or worse you. and it's never you right <laughs> ah, nice. nope because <laughs> so, I'm always right <laughs> there you go so, so here's the thing guys when you when you as as has rightly and very wisely said when you've brought this conflict up do, don't just disengage if nothing no fruit comes of it that that could actually be the worst thing yeah. for you to do in that moment is to not you don't get double down and then get even more aggro and in their face i don't suggest or condone anything like that but be led by wisdom but don't back out of the engagement process because actually you may be the witness in that situation they need to hear yeah yeah Mm. it's good um i would say to the christians who have maybe just backed down from speaking truth just in general and it's not wanting to offend people or being scared i'd say yeah what does it profit a man to gain the world but lose his soul like you know the truth in your heart you know what the word says don't be so afraid doesn't the bible even say don't fear him who can only hurt your body yeah Mm. um be more concerned about your soul so um yeah you could by by staying silent, yes, you remain in everyone's good graces and you have all the friends and you remain popular and all of that, um, which I guess is fine, but that's gaining the world. But what about your soul? If you are so like burdened inside and you really want to say something, pray about it. Mm. Find the words. Go back to your word and really strengthen your position and be like okay no this i am i'm not going crazy i am right about this so that when people then come back to you with questions or 
you don't have to get defensive, but you have something that you're standing on and you're clear on it. Maybe even seek counsel. If all your friends and you are doing something and you are the one person who's against it, it doesn't mean you're crazy. Sometimes. Sometimes. <laughs> Sometimes. Yeah. Maybe okay they are just crazy. more <laughs> concerned with being popular and being accepted and agreeing with whatever's going on around them. Mm. You don't have to be that person. Sorry, it can get lonely sometimes being the one lone voice in the wilderness. Go back and read the Gospels. You can join Cookie Monster. He's <laughs> in the wilderness quite a bit these days. But Locust and honey, man. Go yeah, but no, but yeah. no long hair. No. No, <laughs> no hair at all. <laughs> I'd say go back and read the Gospels. Jesus would say crazy things. Yeah. Well, crazy to the people at that time. But... Yeah. And he wasn't necessarily popular with everyone. And that is not why we're here on earth, yeah. honestly, to be popular with everyone. It's good. So, um, yeah, guys. I think we need a part two. Yeah. Really? You reckon? You reckon? <laughs> you reckon. Anyway, I'm done. Cool. Uh, any parting shots, Tim, from Sam? No, nope. all good this side. Awesome sauce. So, guys, um, thank you for listening to this, however long this episode is <laughs> and our randomness and our craziness in and amongst all of that there was a lot of goodness so we hope that you take this message all think on com- it combined wisdom <laughs> all right. all those combined um yeah the take it Captain Planet? no i'm not i'm not i'm not hey, i didn't that. finish the sentence <laughs> <laughs> think on it pray on it if you have any questions for us for tim from zim you can find us on the socials and yes. And if you have a single sister, okay, I'm joking. <laughs> Please no, don't go I, there again. I, personally, I'm not joking about that. <laughs> I will accept applications on Cookie Monster's <laughs> and go through them, and uh, then we'll see what can be done. Okay, time to go. Yeah, 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 yeah. Anyway, people, <laughs> peace. Peace. See ya. Thanks. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of the Radiant Culture Podcast. If you want to make a contribution, make a suggestion, or have a request, you can get in touch with us via email on radiantatthehub.co.zw or inbox us on Facebook and Twitter. Look out for the next episode and remember to share this one with everybody you know. God bless. It's hot. It's fresh. It's uncut. Hashtag Real Talk on the Radiant Culture Podcast.